There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome into NFL Friday on this Friday, October 15th, 2021. Hope you're doing well. Glad you could join us. I am Brian Raybax, and I am pleased to be joined once again alongside Mike Messina here. Mike. How are you doing? Good, man. It's Thursday morning around 11 o'clock, getting ready for some for some NFL football this week. There's a ton of good games on, a ton of stuff to talk about from last week. Um, we got a big matchup. Well, uh, I'm not going to say matchup. We have a ton of matchups coming up in the AFC that are going to mean a ton for this division going forward. It's a pretty stacked division, in my opinion, and, and I'm sure a lot of people have the, that same opinion as well the Gruden situation we're going to get into for just a little for just a little moment um and then obviously we got our uh fantasy segment our pick segment so I'm ready to be on with you guys and excited to do this absolutely also joining us this week is our fantasy expert Thomas Aiello Thomas are you ready to get into it oh boy I I spent over an hour last night on fantasy football just to prep for the fantasy segment that so I, I, yes, I am ready and I'm very excited, but I'm happy to be with you guys today here on this wonderful Thursday morning. As always. So we'll be talking AFC. We talked, touched a little bit on John Gruden and talk a little bit New York Jets as well as they head into their bye week. But first, we're going to start with the New York Giants. And it was an interesting Sunday for the Giants, to say the least. You have the 44-20 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. They dropped to one in four. And a loss to the Cowboys, I don't think would surprise many considering the Cowboys are kind of on a different level than the Giants this season. But the big point of discussion coming out of this games is the massive amount of injuries that just came across this team. I mean, to the, the Giants, just to name a few of the names lost in this game alone, Daniel Jones, their quarterback, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. Rodarius Williams is now out for the season with a torn ACL on defense. It, it was it was unheard of to see to see all of this happen. I mean, you literally have your top, arguably your top three guys on offense just all go down at once. And essentially, from my vantage point, as soon as Daniel Jones went down, they really didn't have much of a chance to win this game. Now Mike Glennon came in and he did play okay, but you're going to be without Daniel Jones. He is practicing this week, but or he does have his pads on. He looks like he's progressing well, but is he going to play? That's still up in the air. And now the Giants are left with a very depleted roster. So, Mike, I'll start with you. Uh, what exactly do you think is the state of the Giants after all the injuries and just the mass depletion of the roster that you've seen after Sunday? 
Yeah, that was that was a brutal game to watch and a brutal experience for the Giants, considering how many guys went down. You mentioned Saquon Barkley goes down with that that ankle injury. Um, he's going to be out probably three. I, I saw three to four weeks, maybe. But Daniel Jones, I'm seeing he's still in concussion protocol, but he's on track to play this week from from what I'm seeing from. People no, that was team. that was really surprising considering his injury. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not so sure if it's going to happen, but from what I'm reading, he's on track to play. But that's going to be a questionable call that the Giants have to make if they want to put Daniel Jones out there dealing with these symptoms and a possible concussion and go out and play a tough Rams team this Sunday coming up. So I'm not sure where they're going to go on that front, but they are getting Sterling Shepard back. Kenny Galladay, I do not believe, will be playing, but they're getting Darius Slayton back, both throughout with hamstring injuries. So that's their top two wide receivers are still going to be coming back, and that's good. Um, but I don't know, man. Like Mike Glennon's not going to be able to, to, to run this team to a win. You're right. He didn't play that bad. 16 for 25, almost 200 yards, a touchdown and two picks, which the interceptions kind of come with Mike Glennon. I mean, if Mike Glennon's out there, you're going to see some interceptions being thrown, and that's just kind of how it is. But – for Saquon Barkley to go down after he's finally coming back into his own shoes and becoming that pick like everyone thought he was and, and the Giants running back, and now he's just out and you're going to have Devontae Booker and who's really going to be able to step up in this running game for this Giants offense coming up? I mean, Kadarius Tony had a fantastic game last week, 10 receptions, 189 yards, no touchdowns, but he's finally getting utilized like the wide receiver he is. He's a fast, quick, and energetic guy, and he can get downfield quick. And, and as long as the Giants utilize him going forward, I mean, he's going to be a big part of this offense. But back to the injury standpoint, I'm not sure how the Giants are going to be able to beat anyone with all these players going down. I mean, Andrew Thomas is still out. You mentioned Odarius Williams out for the season. These are huge parts of their defense. Blake Martinez, torn ACL out for the season. Their defense is beyond depleted. And Patrick Graham mentioned that, it's on him, and they need to do things to fix that. They need to bring other players in, and I agree with them. He, they definitely do. But this is a depleted, depleted Giants defense, and quite frankly, a defense that the Rams can pretty much just run, pass, do whatever they want all over it. So we'll have to see where they come next week. I would advise for the Giants to sit Daniel Jones for the simple reason that 11 players went down this weekend. Let, let's just put that into its proper perspective here first. That's that's an entire side of the football going down. Think about that. And you are going to line up against Aaron Donald, who is the most ferocious pass rush, run-stopping, defensive humanoid in the National Football League, who broke Russell Wilson quite literally on Thursday Night Football last week. He made him break his finger with the uh, – with his arm swinging over the top like this. So what do you think he's going to do to Daniel Jones coming off of a concussion with no offensive line this time? And the Seahawks line is bad. Don't get me wrong, but the giants is significantly worse. And everything that we thought about the giants as well, especially with, with their defense has been very average at best. That, that's the word I'll, or term I'll use. Very I would say, average that's, I would say that's very generous. That's and that's yes, that's me being generous. Like Leonard Williams has what does he have? One and a half, he has one and a half sacks through six games. We're about to approach six games already, and he got paid with an AAV half a million less than Aaron Donald. So that says a lot to me with what Dave Gellman has constructed with this team. And in looking forward and projecting in the future with this Giants roster, the way that it's going right now with the injuries and 
inconsistent play on both sides. Jason Garrett, the, the, the yogurt brain offensive coordinator that he is, uh, they might win three games this year because the next four of their eight games, the Giants, they have to play the Rams, they have to play Kansas City, they have to play Tampa Bay, and they have to see the Chargers. That's in four of their next eight games. And then you sprinkle in the, the Eagles, who are decent, the football team, who is probably better than them. So I, I don't know. This Giants team, everything about them is average at best. Again, me being generous, but nothing nothing I'm seeing so far is in, in any way impressive, other than maybe Daniel Jones can actually throw the ball to Sterling Shepard. That, that might be it. That really I mean, Daniel Jones is definitely is very impressive. He's having a great season, honestly. Every game, he, he's throwing the ball, uh, handing the ball off, pitching. He, he's doing everything he needs to do in order to, to be the Giants quarterback. He's not throwing many interceptions, not fumbling the ball. I mean, he's doing everything he needs, but with an offensive line that that can't block anything, with, with the defense who, who can't stay healthy, this Giants team can't be successful. I, I mean, yeah. if they have their – third strings, fourth string cornerbacks out there. I mean, their cat Blake Martinez, is the captain of the defense. That's a huge loss for this team going forward. And I'm not sure who they're going to bring in or what their plan is to, to kind of replace him, but they're in a lot of trouble going forward, especially with what you just mentioned with, with the bucks coming up, the Rams coming up, the chiefs coming up. I, I mean, they have a really tough schedule. I think it's the toughest schedule in the NFL um, going forward. So they're in a lot of trouble, and I'm not sure what Joe Judge has in mind to, to get this team on the right track. But if, they're, if their offense can get healthy, if Kenny, Dolly, Kenny Galladay can come back, I mentioned Shepard and Slayton are on track to play this week. If Saquon Barkley can fast-track this, this therapy to, to help his ankle, and they have Jones, Barkley, their top three wide receivers out there, including Kadarius Tony, where they can really move him anywhere they want on the offense. They could win some of these games. We're going to touch on the Chiefs in a little bit with the AFC, but they were depleted defense. Daniel Jones can throw all over the Chiefs defense and score a ton of points. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even putting that game out of uh, out of a percentage of the Giants winning against the Chiefs. I mean, that defense is so depleted, and Daniel Jones has a great arm, and has his vision this season has been better since he's been in the league. So I don't know. They, there's a lot going on in the Giants organization right now and, and a lot of things that need to be done. But if this is how it sits with the defense like this, they're not going to be going too far this season. Not many wins. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of a lot of concerns coming out of Sunday. And it's just there's a lot of worries in the future. But I will say like the one positive, if you could take a positive out of Sunday, it's just what it what a day from Kadarius Tony. If there's one bright spot on that offense right now with all the injuries, it's him. I mean, 10 catches, 189 yards. He almost had 200 scrimmage yards just making defenders miss everywhere. And it it just makes you wonder, like, in the first three games of the season, like, where was this guy? And, like, why wasn't he utilized? You know, he's your first-round pick, and he just was a non-factor. And now you're finally seeing what he can do, and maybe he can – break out into that guy that you wanted and that right receiver that can really just blow up the offense and really just help everything. So I think Kadarius Tony is a bright spot, but he does have an ankle injury as well. And you have the whole situation of him punching, punching the guy in the helmet the other day and getting ejected. So it's Kadarius Tony, a great player. I think he has to keep his emotions in check and he apologized on Twitter, but he's a great player and hopefully he's healthy because 
if he's not healthy, I, I mean, they have like almost no, they have a very small chance of beating the Rams to begin with. If they don't have any of their offensive weapons, I don't see it going very well. I think the Rams game is kind of out of their sight. Well, it's obviously in their sight, but out of fan sight. Like, I don't think any fans are, are, are watching this game on Sunday saying the Giants have a chance with what they're putting out there to beat the Rams. I mean, they're a much better team than the Giants are, and that's just a fact. And I think right now they have to kind of just play for when they're healthy, play for when Saquon comes back, play for when Galladay comes back, um, play for when Andrew Thomas can come back. I, I mean, they need these pieces to win. And, go, and yes, the Rams are coming to MetLife, coming here in their stadium to play, but that's going to make no difference with, with the Mike Glennon offense they're running out there. It's really not. Mike Glennon's not going to be able to beat this, this Rams team or, or realistically any team on the Giants schedule besides maybe the Eagles, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, if Jones is out there, if Jones isn't out there, I mean, then they're in a, a boatload of trouble. I will add that the Giants, if anyone thought that even when they were fully healthy could beat the Rams, that's just emasculating if you're a fan to think that. Because the Los Angeles Rams, I'll echo what you said, Mike, they're just such a superior team. Sean McVay runs a great offense that is, I guess, sort of predicated on a really strong running game. Obviously, there's no Cam Akers, but Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle have been really good to say to, uh, I guess, make up for that. Robert Woods has been getting involved in the offense now, so it's only a matter of time before him, Cooper Cup, and Tyler Higby, all three of those Rams weapons, really get involved. And then on defense, they're just so much better than the Giants. It's not even funny. So two way or both ways, the Rams absolutely kick the Giants. You know what's in in pass rush, uh, run stop, uh, passes defended. They're a top six or seven defense in the NFL when everyone's cooperating you sure you can argue the Rams lack of linebackers has kind of been a little bit a little bit glaring of an obvious problem with that team but other than that everything else is so good and I think the addition of Matthew Stafford has made that offense a lot better the question with the Giants and I'll I guess kind of throw this back to you guys with Kadarius Toney I do see him as a gadget player. I, I guess a, a Cordaro Patterson-esque, if not maybe better than him. The problem with that is you can't run all of the offense through him. And that's why they signed all of those weapons as well for Daniel Jones to use. But now they're coming out of a total emasculation from Jerry World. They're going to play the Rams at home. Everything, everyone and everything is hurt. I don't see how they're going to even win this game. I don't even know how they'll score 10 points in this game. It's just how depleted this team is, and that's well, they're not going to. Your answer? No, they're not going to the game. That's your answer. No, they're not. They're not going to win this. They're no. not going to have the pieces in order to to win this game. I, I mean, they'll have Kadarius Tony back. They'll have Sterling Shepard, and they'll have Darius Slayton. Those are three wide receivers that they can work with. But from a quarterback of Mike Lennon's standards, I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to. He played half the game and threw two interceptions. I, I, like I don't know if he's going to be able to to get them the ball downfield. Kadarius, Tony can break out into the open field and get open. I'm not sure if Glenn is going to be able to hit them. So they're in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. I mean, and especially to, to be fair, at least this past Sunday, they did kind of show that they could run the offense solely through Kadarius, Tony, at least in out of necessity, because they were really throwing the ball to nobody else. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, come on. It was just who, behind who, the who else was there. John I mean, Ross. No, he's he stuck. He I mean, Evan, Evan Ingram had 55 yards, but I mean, they have CJ Board too, who the game before they used a little bit, what? but nothing going on this game. John Ross, too. 
this yeah. this this Giants offense is incredibly flawed. Let's just put it that way. Can we agree that this is incredibly flawed? Absolutely. Offense? Okay. Good. Yeah. It, it, especially mean, right now, there's no there's nobody there. Right now, sure, but I don't I, I don't think the Giants offensive offense is really that flawed. I, I mean, they have tons of pieces that that when they're healthy, they can be a winning team. I mean, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Shepard, Slayton, Galladay, Pony, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. Saquon Barkley, Devontae Booker as a backup. Their defense is good when they're like they have a good football team. They have a good football team. A football team that can beat a football team that can beat the Washington football team. A football team that can beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't think they can beat the Cowboys right now, but they have potential to be first in the NFC East. And maybe not this season with all the injuries they have, but I really don't think they're that flawed as a lot of people think. They have a lot of pieces around them that that can do a lot of interesting things on the field as, as long as they're healthy, which yeah, they are, and, and that's the issue. Yeah. The Giants went healthy. They are well-functioning offense, but the fact of the matter is they're not healthy right now. And when these guys are coming back, that's all up in the air. And how long this Giants office is going to be without their playmakers, it, it could spell a couple of rough weeks ahead. Giants, as we mentioned, have the Rams this Sunday at home. And the Giants are one and four on the season and in last place with essentially no real, not just not a healthy team. It's not a recipe for success. So we'll switch over to the Jets now. The Jets, after coming off of the win against the Titans, they're riding high and you're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe we have something here. Maybe this team just needed a little bit to get going. Maybe this is the time where they kind of, turn it up a notch and turn it around. Not exactly. The Jets take a 27-20 loss to the Atlanta Falcons in London. Zach Wilson, after a pretty solid performance against Tennessee, just didn't have it against Atlanta, who is a bad defense. It's 19 of 32, 192 yards and an interception. And I was on here last week and I said it was all about consistency. You know, the Jets, they're a rebuilding team and it's just the ebbs and flows of it. There are going to be ups and downs. And then you went, and then Mike, you went from a, a big up against the win against Tennessee, but then last week, just a massive down with the loss to Atlanta. Yeah. And honestly, that was pretty surprising. I had the Jets winning that game in London. I thought they were going to be able to beat that, that Falcons team that really doesn't have much. I mean, Calvin Ridley didn't even travel with the team. So after that, I was like, Oh, this has to be a great performance for Wilson. But then Kyle Pitts, man, Kyle Pitts stepped up nine catches, 119 yards, one touchdown, which I feel like the ball is in his hands every single play. So seeing one touchdown is kind of surprising, but Hayden Hurst has a touchdown as well. They just brought pieces that, that they don't really go to that much besides Pitts and made it work. I mean, the jets had no answer. I mean, no answer for anything. The Falcons did the offense could get nothing going that, that was probably the worst first first half of football I've watched in a while. And I honestly feel bad and kind of saw it coming because London just produces bad game after bad game. And for the Jets and the Falcons to go in there and for Zach Wilson, no touchdowns and one interception, that, that offense enough. I mean, Michael Carter, 10, 10 carries, 38 yards. Corey Davis, four receptions, 45 yards. I, I mean, they were able to get nothing going. And sure, it's an early game. Maybe there are some... There's some uh, mindset things going on. You got to get used to, got to adapt to the time difference into the stadium. But that was just an embarrassing performance all, 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 all off of the week before where we thought things were going to change for both the Jets and the Giants. And then the next week, the next week, 
just loss, loss, and neither team could really get anything going. And I'm more surprised that the uh, about the Giants game than the Jets game because this is just a typical Jets can't get anything going, no touchdowns, 20-point game. It, it was brutal to watch. It was very brutal to watch. I think the worst part about this was that the Jets made the Falcons look like they were in the Millennium Falcon days when they were contending for the Super Bowl when the 28-3, I hate to bring that up, but that's what the Jets made the Falcons team look like this weekend. Mike, like you said, Kyle Pitts, nine catches, he was all over the place. Cordaro Patterson, the theme here of the gadget players, 14 carries for 54 yards, and he had seven catches for 60 yards. So first of all, that was a great pickup by Atlanta. But the fact that the Jets can willingly march around in the NFL season thinking that they beat a pretty depleted Titans team with no Julio, no AJ Brown, Derrick Henry was the only one doing anything, and Tannehill, who was terrible, to beat them by three thinking that's some sort of, ooh, we figured it out moment is incredibly pathetic and delusional for all Jets fans to think. This team is embarrassing. The thing that I, I picked up on the most was how terrible the secondary still is for the Jets. I thought that that was just annoying me. I don't know how you guys felt, but every play, every route, the Falcons were running at these guys. The secondary players were just getting burned, and it's unbelievable how, how open some of these people were. But I want to revert back to, to Zach Wilson. 192 yards total on the game. 19 of 32, as we said, and the interception, no touchdowns. He didn't, didn't even try to run in a touchdown at the goal line. I don't know if he's the answer. I'm really starting to, wow. to question if he was the court, the quarterback answer. And I know it's, what are we at? We're five games in five six games. games in. It's, it's really not looking promising at all. I mean, Corey Davis, only four catches for under 50 yards. Jamison Crowder, four catches for under 35. I mean, come on. I don't, I don't know if this kid's the answer. I really don't. I just think the Jets are stuck in a perpetual cycle of doom and disappointment. Well, look, I, I think with the Jets in recent years, to assume that a Jets quarterback is going to be a bust is nothing nothing crazy. I mean, we've seen it with you know Sam Darnold just as a recent example. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to pump the brakes on the not the answer quite yet. Because, again, you said it's five games. It's five games out of however many he's going to play and however many chances they're going to give him. And I mean, look at, look at Josh Allen now compared to what he was in his first year. Now, Josh Allen, it's one example out of many for every Josh Allen, there's a quarterback who doesn't do well in five games and it kind of stays that way. But I mean, Zach Wilson is talented, man. You, you, You can't really deny that, but it just comes down to the rookie mistakes. He said he's he's overthinking it on short passes, and then says he's gonna he's he's overthinking it on the short passes, and now he's saying he's gonna rip it the rest of the year. So I don't know. Maybe that's him coming out and saying he hasn't liked how he's played. But yeah, again, the, the inconsistency. I mean, he had a he had a really good game against the Tennessee. Granted, that defense is not good, and you know he made some really nice throws. But then again, it was just. A, a totally different he was a totally different quarterback against the Falcons who again is another bad defense a team that is very well known for not being able to stop anybody and just gives up a ton of points so that's I wouldn't say it's a concern I would just say it's it's just the ebbs and flow of a rookie quarterback he's going to struggle he's going to show his high moments and what he can do but more often than not rookie QBs they're going to struggle unless you're Justin Herbert 
or Patrick Mahomes. I know Patrick Mahomes wasn't a rookie, but it was his first year as a starter. It's just Zach Wilson. I would just give him time to figure it out. Zach Wilson, he is talented. He just needs to show what he can do. He just needs to improve. That's just it. But I would definitely pump the brakes on him being not the answer after five games. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, I wouldn't go nearly as far as saying he's not the answer. I mean, he's coming into an offense, new head coach, doesn't really have all-star caliber players around him like some of these other teams did, like Mahomes did, like Herbert did coming into their rookie seasons. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you, Brian. Pump the brakes on that. Don't think that's the answer. Rookie mistakes, like you said, he has great footwork, has a great arm, and he really does have great vision for the field and for the, for the receivers downfield. He just has to execute. He has to execute the plays and – Go with the play, playbook and stop trying to do be too cute and too pretty out there. Just get the ball to the receivers and let them do their jobs as well. But I, I, I've said this on probably every episode so far. I think he has a ton of potential. I think the Jets have a, have a ton of potential if they can just execute the playbook the way they want to and get these guys open downfield and just let them do their job, run, at, run after the catch and just do what they're supposed to do. I think this team has so much potential. And I think Zach Wilson can be the guy if the Jets get more pieces around him. Well, I think the big thing with Zach Wilson, one thing he needs to get better at is, I mean, the fact that this team can't do anything in the first quarter, every first quarter, they're just dead on offense. I mean, in the past Last Sunday, they had 16 yards of offense and zero first downs in the first quarter. And then this whole season, Zach Wilson in the first quarter, he's 5 of 18 with 34 yards. They can't score. So that's an aspect of the game that has to change. And you're not going to, again, you're not going to win many games with, you know, just not scoring early on. That's just not a winning recipe. So there's a lot of things that need to be reworked with the Jets. Zach Wilson needs to improve. He is a rookie, so we can cut him some slack, but they need to improve. And the defense, you know, I was high on the defense coming into the first couple of weeks, but I mean, after Sunday, they just did not play well. It was the first, it was the first game that really kind of opened my eyes and was like, wow, this, this defense did not play well. And I couldn't say that for the first couple of weeks because it was really the offense, but this week it was both. So that was something that I, I just, I just really wasn't ready to see that, but the jets they're one in four now and they head into the bye week and just overall, it's kind of been an up and down year. They've had, they've had the up with Tennessee, but obviously the loss to Atlanta, to Denver, to the Patriots. It's just mo- more often than not same old with the jets and the jets they're in last place. They head into the bye week, and their next game will be at the Patriots, a place they have not won since the 2010 divisional round. Not not looking good for the Jets, and both the Jets and the Giants, one and four, and in last place, same old every year. I want to I want to transition to a topic more of interest. Let's talk about some some good teams. We're gonna talk about the AFC, and the AFCs. It's gotten really interesting because coming into the year. It was really just, you know, the Chiefs conference. You know, the Chiefs rule the AFC. They've been to the past two Super Bowls, and it really just was like a matter of, is anyone going to stop them? And the answer for most people was no. But you look at it now, and, oh, boy, the Chiefs are really struggling. They're 2-3, and and their their defense has just been brutal. They give up an average of 32 points per game, and it's just been been brutal. They're 2-3, and so now – Aiello, I want to kind of start with you. Is 
is there a new favorite in the AFC or are you still holding on to Kansas City in this one? This is the thing with Kansas City. They, they have such an offense that is so incredibly hard to stop. Everything about it that they do. The short passes, the deep balls to Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, their runs, everything that the Chiefs do on offense is incredibly hard to stop. But their time of relying on the offense to win is running out if it hadn't run out already at the Super Bowl last year. Because they could not stop the old man Tom Brady last year. They can't stop anyone this year, which is not really shocking. But again, in the NFL, and then this is an all sports, you have to play at some level of defense, some competent level of defense to actually win a championship or just at least win games. The Chiefs are not doing that. They're just relying on their offense like crazy. But the number one thing that I'm noticing, I want to know if you guys are picking up on this as well, is the Buffalo Bills, how long this has been in the making for them to, to be the top dog. We've seen year after year, no, no playoff progress beyond the first round that they get, whether that was in the wild card or the divisional round. And they, it, it, there's been no playoff progress. And last year, they had a breakthrough year with Josh Allen. I think he has been, been phenomenal to start this year. And the best part about the Buffalo Bills is that, yes, their passing offense is great. Their defense is tremendous. And they have a, a pretty solid running game. That They don't have a real running back one. But Zach Moss, Singletary, and, and Allen, that makes up for the lack of a true running back one. So when you put all of those things together, the Buffalo Bills might be the most complete team in the National Football League. And I, I'm going to say it right now. I, I think there's a very strong case you can make with them to say that they are the most complete team in the NFL. Sure, there's the Tampa Bays of the world with Brady and that team. There's the Rams, the Chargers have been a nice surprise this year. Uh, if they get their stuff together, Green Bay could be one of those teams. So you can make an argument for those teams. But I think Buffalo, with the way they've come, the distance they have traveled, they, they're just so much better than I, I think that win in Kansas City where Josh Allen dominated uh, Patrick Mahomes and company. That says a lot to me. And I, I do think that Josh Allen so far – is the NFL MVP so far. And I think he's en route to leading this Bills team. They have a good chance at the Super Bowl this year. So I really am really high on the Buffalo Bills this year. Yeah. Uh, regarding the Chiefs, they are in a lot of trouble, like we all kind of saw with this with the depleting defense. And they really haven't made any moves. But I don't even have the Chiefs, honestly, in the top five in the AFC right now. Uh, I mean, here, I have Bills one, and I think they're a very clear one. Chargers, I love what Justin Herbert's doing over there. Him and Mike Williams are connecting like they've never connected before, and they're winning games. I mean, that is a fantastic young core that they have in in, in the Chargers organization. And, and right now, I I don't know really who's like who they're not better than besides the Bills. The Bills are the only team I see right now that are ahead of the Chargers in the AFC. And then after that, I have Ravens at three, and then I'm stumped on four. I have Titans and Browns kind of my number four right now. Obviously. Titans are, are kind of injured injured right now. Obviously, A.J. Brown didn't play. Um, Julio Jones didn't play last week, and that's kind of why they lost to the Jets. I don't think they lose to the Jets if, if they're fully healthy. Derrick Henry's going off um, three touchdowns the last two weeks a game. Uh, I mean, they're playing great in the Browns, so I love what Baker has going over there. He, he's a very, very gritty player, and I love that about him. And, and this Browns team has just came, come so far 
from going 0-16 and winning no games to who they are now, but they still have those Browns tendencies, like playing the Chargers. Tied, yeah, I think it was tied 44-44, and they end up losing the game. I mean, like, that's typical Browns games right there. You're losing close games that you should win, and you're just losing. But with all that, I still think they're better than the Chiefs. I, I mean, I don't put the Chiefs ahead of any of these teams. If Okay, I'm going to say like this. I, I guess I shouldn't say I don't put the Chiefs ahead of them, but right now, if Chiefs are going head-to-head with the Browns, I'm probably going – to say the Chiefs win that game, but overall from a team and, and from a um, statistic standpoint, I think the Browns are a much better team than this, than this Chiefs team. And honestly, I the Chiefs have a lot of improvement to go this season if they even want to go anywhere. Do I think they make the playoffs? I mean, they have a chance, but they're not in the position to kind of sit down and lay low while the other teams are doing it, they have to go. They have to put their foot on the gas and get things rolling or else this this offense is not going to do anything. Not not really the offense. I, I should say this team's not going to do anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you mentioned the offense. I mean, no one no one's really going to stop Patrick Mahomes in the long run, but obviously the, the Achilles heel of this team has been their defense, and their defense has been atrocious to say the least. The only real saving grace for Kansas City is that they've lost three games this year, but Granted, they are against three top dogs in the AFC. It's, it's not like they're losing to, you know, average squads. They're losing to the Bills, they're losing to the Chargers, and they're losing to the Ravens. Exactly. So, three, te- three teams that I have ahead of them in the AFC, they lose to. So Exactly. So it, it definitely does make you think that, like, maybe the league has closed the gap on Kansas City. Now, are, they, are the Chiefs going to make the playoffs? In my eyes, yes. No doubt. I'm not just writing them off after five games. They're still a strong team, but in terms of a Super Bowl contender, I mean, I don't know how you can watch that game against Buffalo on Sunday night and still think, yes, the Chiefs are the top dogs. They're they're a league above everybody else because they're not anymore. They're just not. Not with the way that defense is playing and not with the way Josh Allen is playing that whole Buffalo Bills team as a whole. The Buffalo Bills are scary. I, I agree with Ayala on this one. I think and both of you really, they're, they're definitely the clear cut number one in the AFC. And another thing for the Chiefs, you have another great team in your own division. Now the Chargers are coming into it. So there's reason to be worried. I, I don't know what their chances are to win this division. I'll still probably give it to them, seeing how just trusting Patrick Mahomes to get them over the hump. But in terms of serious contention with this defense, I personally don't see it. Uh, Before we get into our fantasy segment, we just got to mention some pretty significant news coming out of this week. Uh, Raiders coach John Gruden on Monday, he resigned as head coach of the Raiders after emails surfaced of homophobic, racist, and misogynic remarks. Just ugly stuff. Rich Basaccia is taking over as the interim head coach, and I think the Raiders went the right way about this. You obviously can't keep Gruden around after seeing what he said and he definitely lost a lot of respect with not only players on his team but the the league as a whole and Mike I I think it's clear and obvious that comments like this obviously just have no place in the game whatsoever like for for, it it was just so obvious that Gruden wasn't going to be the head coach I I mean he resigned what 40 minutes after after that second batch of emails came out like it it was pretty I'm 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 shocked he coached on Sunday (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, the NFL, so the NFL is putting it into the Raiders organization in order to, to discipline Gruden or, or what, but it was just so obvious and inevitable that Gruden had to either step down or get fired from this organization. And I really don't see him coaching another NFL team ever. I think is pretty much his football career is done. You see the Bucs um, taking him out of their ring of honor, um, which is a pretty, pretty significant thing. I'm not sure at least off the top of my head, if that has ever happened before, um, if a player has been taken out of a ring of honor, but this is a, it's a serious matter. What he said, obviously we can all agree with it is wrong and things that should not be said either in the workplace or anywhere for that matter. And just the fact is something that confuses me. This is kind of getting now more into the situation. I'll say less of Gruden, just the whole Washington football team investigation, finding over six, like going through over 600,000 emails and only finding stuff about Gruden. And now this little tidbit of Adam Schefter as well. It's a little weird in my sense. It's more, it shows that this is like an owner's league and kind of the coaches and players are kind of under the owners and things owners do can, I guess, get swept under the rug because they have that quote unquote power, I should say, but it's an ugly situation all around guys, Uh, stuff that should not be happening in the world and stuff that should not be happening in the game. And I'm happy he's not coaching the Raiders anymore. Don't be a mean head 2024. That's that's the message I have for you. Just don't be mean to people. Can we just grow up, please? That's all I have to say. That's that's well put. And I think we can leave it at that. Let's let's transition over to some lighter subjects, such as our fantasy segment of the week. We have our fantasy expert, Thomas Aiello is here. He said he's been gearing up. He's ready. So, Thomas, what do you got for us this week? I guess my sleepers for this week, uh, again, they're Buffalo players. I like, I like Dawson Knox and I really like Emmanuel Sanders. Those are my two sleepers this week. Cause last week we saw how they did versus the chiefs. Sanders had the two touchdowns. Dawson Knox was all over the place. He had a touchdown last week and versus like Kansas city, a Tennessee team that plays really good offense, but there's no, there's no real defense on that team. I think that those two are going to have themselves a field day. Sure, Stefan Diggs is going to be the most important player on offense by far, and he's going to probably draw quarter, cornerback one. But if you're looking for an alternative, if you don't have Stefan Diggs on your team, I think Sanders and Knox are going to be great options for you, especially if you have Sanders on the bench. And Dawson Knox, who is now rostered in over 70% of leagues, you can still grab him while you can. I would highly recommend that you do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't hate those picks at all. I, for one, am not going to get any of them. I have Stefan Diggs as my wide receiver one, so it's not going to really – I'm not going to have two wide receivers on the same team, obviously. But Emmanuel Sanders, I, I, love, I love that pick. I mean, he had a great game last week and week three against the football team, had 27 fantasy points in my PPR league. So I, I like that. I think Emmanuel Sanders is, is a low-key, deep-threat weapon down the field and can do a lot for the Bills. Yeah, I just, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders has been balling. I love that sleeper pick out of you. The other, the other thing though is like, can we even, can we even really call Dawson Knox a sleeper anymore? He's I, a I still would. I still would. He's, a, he's just a beast. I really like him. I'm really high on him. So I like that you're showing him some love, but we got our sleepers out of the way. Who are our stardoms? Stardoms, I have, if he's healthy, Adam Thielen. They have Carolina. Yeah. So I would start Adam Thielen. Last week, he didn't really show up. He had the two catches at the end of the game. He scored all of his points in the two-minute drill with Kirk. Uh, but I like Adam Thielen this week. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back this week, You know, get back to his red zone antics, which he's very good at, by the way. Anything in the red zone, Adam Thielen is a super-duper threat. 
And I also like Khalil Herbert from the Bears. He had 18 carries last week. Last week, granted, it was 75 yards, but Khalil Herbert, the running back for the Bears, obviously there's no Montgomery. Damian Williams is currently questionable, and they gave Herbert a lot of the running uh, carries, and Williams was getting goal line stuff, God forbid. But I think Herbert, if you're looking for some volume, he has a good chance to be a replacement flex if you don't have anyone else in your league. And he's only rostered under 30% of leagues at the moment. So I think Khalil Herbert and Thielen are the two people that you should definitely start on your team this week. Yeah, I mean, Thielen is one of those guys that you kind of hear his name and you're like, oh, he probably has a touchdown, probably over 120 yards that game, blah, blah, blah. He, he, he's a weapon, and that's an obvious one. Yeah, he hasn't really produced much since week three of the season, but, I mean, look, they played they played terribly against the Lions last week. I'm not sure. <laughs> that offense, Kirk Cousins had nothing going. I don't even know how many times Thielen touched the ball, but I love that. And, and um, who was the other guy you said? I oh, said, Khalil, um, Khalil Herbert. Yeah, Herbert, I mean, he's, he, he's rostered under 30% of, of teams because I think he has 8.2 points on the entire season so far. So not many yeah. people want that, but hey, if he's going to be RB1 coming into this game with the injuries to the other running backs, I mean, he has something going for him right there. He does. I'm just going to say, if Khalil Herbert has a good week and he goes off, I mean, I think you need to credit Thomas Ayala with a lot of fantasy victories this week. I mean, Brian, uh, Brian, buy me Starbucks if that happens. Okay, I will. You okay, can me, <laughs> you can hold me to that. Interesting with the with the stardoms, but now now I gotta I gotta get two guys that you're not so hot about. Who do you think should be on people's bench this week? Okay, so here's where I'm going to. This is a little story time for you guys. So I drafted okay. Allen Robinson this year in my 12 team league with my second round pick. Now I need to That's remind right. you guys, this 12 team league that I'm in, it's three receivers and we have two flex spots, no defense and no kicker. So this is mega scoring sort of stuff. And I thought, you know what? Allen is the number one guy in the bears offense in terms of receiving last year, he had over a thousand yards. He's a monster every year in fantasy. Let, let me pick him. He was terrible. He, he, he's been pretty bad. And I, I really do like Allen Robinson and I'm a green Bay fan. I love Allen. I think he's, a fine player. He's a fine receiver, but he just has not produced this year. Fields obviously prefers Darnell Mooney. He likes to hand the ball off to the running backs. I think that that plays a lot in it. So I traded Allen Robinson away with Noah Fant for Devonte Smith. Moral of the story here is don't play Allen Robinson this week. I, I, I don't trust him, especially versus my team, Green Bay. Now I know that the pack is hurt and there's no Jair and Kevin King, Jarnell Stokes, blah, blah, blah. We know the secondary is vaunted, but there's a gentleman by the name of De Devondre Campbell who's out there in the linebacking core. And he's going to be lurking because Allen Robinson's running a lot of short routes to start this year. And it's getting a little concerning to this point. So if you can trade him, trade him. If you can, but if you have him and you can't move him, he's the one guy I would sit. And the other guy that I would recommend sitting is probably Odell Beckham. Now, he turned in a pretty abysmal performance versus the San Diego Chargers, I mean, the LA Chargers last week. I still call them San Diego. And he had two catches for just over 40 yards, I believe. And everyone said, oh, he's going to be a great uh, flex spot. The Browns are going to get a lot better. No, the Browns are going to be really good because of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and how efficient those two are as running backs. And Odell Beckham is not even Baker's favorite target. He's throwing to people like 
DPJ, Rashard Higgins, Jarvis Landry when he's healthy, Hooper, David Njoku are getting more targets than him. I would sit Odell Beckham. Also to the sheer fact he is playing against Arizona, who showed last week that they can actually win a game playing defense. So those would be my two to sit. Two big names as well, but unfortunately they just have not performed to start the year. Yeah, just haven't been productive and just a shame that these, because these were a couple guys that were drafted high. Yeah. It's gotten to that third and fourth round high. Yeah. And now, now they're wanted on the bench. Crazy, but that'll do it for our fantasy segment of the week. Watch out for Khalil Herbert this week. And that's all Starbucks. If he does well. (laughs) Yep. So we got that on the line. So we'll see how that goes. And now to wrap up, Let's get into our weekly pick'em segment for week six. We're going to start recording this on Thursday morning. So we're starting with the Thursday night football game between the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Philadelphia Eagles. Mike, what are you thinking in this primetime matchup? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we're all going to be paid for this one. Tampa Bay is going to win this game. They're a much better team. Um, Jalen Hurts is still getting into his groove and seeing what he can do with this Philadelphia offense. So I'm picking Tampa Bay, and I, I don't think it's going to be a closed game at all. I think Tampa Bay is going to run away with this. I like Tampa Bay as well, just for the sheer fact that uh, Brady has looked really good this year, despite turning year, 44 years of age. He's got great chemistry this time around with Godwin and Edwin and all of his receivers. Sure, there's no Gronk, but that doesn't matter. Antonio Brown has stepped up. We're seeing a little bit of Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard as well. So I like the Tampa Bay game. I like Tampa Bay in this game. But my one concern, I'll say, if they do win, the defense has to show up because it's been non-existent to start the year for the most part. Yeah, defense hasn't really been there, and there have been injuries, but it's still heavily in favor of the Bucs, and that's where I'm going. Tampa Bay, easy in this primetime matchup. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars, another London game. Mike, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I think, think Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are getting their first win this year. I, I, I mean, they almost had it um, last week, and they almost had it a previous week before that, and I think it's time. I don't think this, this um, Dolphins team is good, especially with either Tua or Jacoby Brissett leading the way. I, I just don't think they have what it takes. Their defense isn't that good, and I would like to see, I'm hoping to see the Jaguars get their first win this week, so I'm going with Jacksonville. Is anyone in favor of changing Jacksonville's name to the London Jaguars? Because it seems like every year they go, home. They, they go to Big Ben every year and they play a game out in London. I, I don't understand why, but okay, sure. I'm actually going to pick the Dolphins this, this week, and I'll say this about the Jaguars. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think him and James Robinson are forming a nice little quarterback running back duo. The issue is that there's no real talent elsewhere. And there's no DJ Chark anymore. Keelan Cole is on the Jets. And the only real receiver that Trevor can throw to is, is Marvin Jones. But everything else about the Jaguars is terrible. And I think that Miami secondary with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, I think that will be more than enough to stop him. And I also think that with Tua coming back this week for the Dolphins, Jalen Waddle's going to show up. I think Devontae Parker will get more touches. Mike Gesicki, who is an incredibly underrated tight end, he's going to be really good this week. So I like Miami in this game. I'm going to agree with Mike on this one. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I just feel like it's time for them to get their first win at their home, away from home, if you will, in London. Give me Jacksonville. Uh, Green Bay at Chicago. Thomas Ayala, you're the you're the Packers fan. Can I assume you're taking Green Bay here? 
yeah, I mean, it's it's no surprise I'm going to pick the cheese heads. Uh, everyone, uh, I do have to say, a lot of our guys are, are not our guys. Their guys are hurt this week. Aaron Jones is currently questionable at the moment. Robert Tunyon is questionable at the moment. I uh, don't know the deal to Darius Smith. He is supposed to come back from Pup, I believe it was this week, or he's going to come back very soon. Bakhtiari is eligible to return this week from Pup. So we're going to see uh, Green Bay is either going to get a lot of pieces back or they're going to lose a lot of pieces back. I think what's going to be interesting to see is how Aaron Charles Rodgers can navigate, a, a, again, stingy Bears defense. And Devondre Campbell is going to be the X factor this week for my cheeseheads. I'm going with Green Bay. Yeah, I'm also going with Green Bay. I just don't have all the confidence in the world with Justin Fields right now. He's starting his second game in the NFL. And... and Last week wasn't even a really good game for him either, so I just don't think he's going to have what it takes. I mean, you, Thomas, you mentioned all the injuries, but still Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, I think they have more so than what it takes in order to beat this Chicago Bears. Chicago it's Bears. so much fun to watch, too. So much fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take Green Bay here. This one's another pretty easy one. Just Packers are a step above the Bears. You know, it's Aaron Rodgers playing against rookie Justin Fields gonna have to give this one to green bay uh sticking with an nfc north it's the cincinnati Bengals against the uh detroit lions detroit lions are zero and five mike are they getting their first win in this one or are you taking it to the Bengals? no i'm taking the Bengals. i love the Bengals. i think i honestly take them every single week um love joe burrow love his connection with jamar chase the lsu connection as well um i and i really think they're a good a very good team um, they have so much potential in this league. Both those players specifically do, and, and Detroit stinks. Um, they have no one. They're not good. Jared Goff's not good. So, taking Cincinnati in this one. The fact that that Detroit can take Minnesota to the wire, and Minnesota's a decent little team, I think that really says a lot about their character. Sure, they're 0-5, but they do have more than a few moments, certainly better than, than the Jets, I think, if those two went head-to-head. But I'm going to go, Mike, I'm with you on this. I think the Bengals are going to take this. They should have no real issues. I think the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase pairing is is something to really observe in the coming years in the NFL. I think that's going to be a lethal duo. Chase can run every route. He's so fast. He finally figured out the hands thing after being bullied by NFL fans, claiming, oh, he's the next John Ross. No, he can't catch the ball. He's fine. He's He was the, the fifth overall pick or whatever he was. He's going to be totally fine. Him and Joe know exactly how to play with each other. I'm going with the Bengals. Yeah, same here. I got Cincinnati. I just don't think Detroit's very good, and I actually think Cincinnati is pretty good. So I, I, I like what I've seen so far, and gotta gotta go with Cincinnati. So I'll take them as well. We're all in agreement. Uh, Houston at Indianapolis. Mike, we got. Um. I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. Obviously, they lost a ton of defensive players on, I think it was Monday night. I can't remember what night they was played. Um, yeah, Monday night, so they lost a ton of defensive players. They're pretty depleted, but Houston also doesn't have many good players. So I'm just going to go. This is a terrible game. I will not be tuning into this one, and I don't think it will be on red zone for that long. Um, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. I'm going to go with the hot take here. I'm going to pick the Texans. Wow. I, I really, and here's why. I really liked what Davis Mills did last week versus New England. Now, granted, it is the Patriots, and everything we thought about the Patriots that would be good has been terrible. I will use that word for them. But I think he getting thrown in the fire the way he did, Tyrod Taylor once again losing his job to a rookie quarterback, this time due to injury, so it's not totally his fault. 
But I like what they're doing. I like Brandon Cooks. I think Anthony Miller in his new role, he's decent. The Texans' defense is not bad. It's okay. I mean, Desmond King is pretty decent for them. Justin Reed. Uh, I think there's still a little, there's obviously a lot of building to do. The linebackers are still pretty decent with Merciless. He's still there. But I'm, I'm going to pick the Texans here. It's not going to be easy, but I, I think it's possible they can pull this one out. It's possible, and I like the aggressiveness. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Not I'm going to have to go with the Colts. I, I liked how they played on uh, on uh, Monday night. I, I went aggressive there and went for an upset, and I almost had it. <laughs> they had a big lead, and they just couldn't hang on and lost in overtime. But even though Carson Wentz is very iffy, I think he can very easily beat this Houston Texan team. Give me the Indianapolis Colts. Time for our local matchup. It's time for the Los Angeles Rams against the heavily injured roster of the New York Giants. Mike, who do you got? I think we've already talked about this a bunch, but we already know where this is going, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we already talked about this for a good portion of the show. I'll be at the game covering it for FUV, so I'm excited for that, but I just have the Rams in this one. I don't think that this injury-filled Giants roster can beat this, this lethal, powerful offense that the Rams have going on right now. I'm, I'm taking Rams in this one. Aaron Charles Donald for the win. I'm picking the Rams, no questions asked. Yeah, I, I wasn't liking the Giants' chances coming into this one, even with a fully healthy roster. And now you take into account all this in all these injuries. I, I think we know where this one's going, unfortunately. Giants, they're not going to beat this Rams team. Give me the Rams. Uh, we got, as we mentioned, the struggling Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Washington football team. Ayala, I'll start with you here. What do you got? So I, I picked Chase Young to win Defensive Player of the Year in a Ram article that I did picking my NFL awards. So far, we're, we're off to a rough start. I'm going to pick the football team. I'm riding high on these guys. I, I, think that they, I think that they can win the division. I think that the defense is going to figure it out. And I think it's going to be versus this game. This is going to be a real test with that monstrous front, Matthew Adonis. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Sweat, Mo or Montrez Sweat, Jonathan uh, Allen, Chase Young, and then William Jackson in the secondary, Kendall Fuller. That is a loaded defense. I think that this is the week the football team figures it out. And sure, Taylor Heineke has his limitations, but scary Terry McLaurin is out there. I'm going with the football team. I'm riding high with them all year. I think they're gonna they're gonna pull this game out. Yeah, I was thinking about picking them, but I look at it as how many bad weeks are the Kansas City Chiefs going to have in a row before they can finally pick it up? That's why I'm going with the Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and um, Travis Kelsey are all going to come out of their shell and kind of have that big game that, that we're all used to them having. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs in this one, and I think they're honestly going to run away with it from the start. I, re I really do think it's going to be not a close game. Yeah, I got the Chiefs as well. And, I mean, we've talked about the Chiefs' defense and how – They've left a lot to be desired. So is this Washington defense. This Washington defense has not played well at all. And now you have to face Patrick Mahomes. Not a recipe for a win. Give me the Chiefs. Uh, we got the Minnesota Vikings next against the Carolina Panthers. Aiello, what do you like in this one? I like, I like the Panthers. I think Kirk and company have been up and down despite me telling you guys to start feeling this week, which will still have a good game. The problem with with uh, the, the, the Vikings is that when there's no Dalvin Cook, it's really hard for them to win games because he does so much for them, especially with his explosive runs up the middle. 
the way that he can just get in the open space and get extra yardage, the amount of touchdowns this guy gets, it's hard for them to win without him. So I really do like the Panthers. I think McCaffrey is going to come back this week, so that will obviously solve a lot of problems for the Panthers. And that will bail Sam Darnold out of a lot of ghost throws. And last week we saw, I think he was seeing ghosts last week with all the interceptions. And what's what's the deal with bad quarterback play? Well, you just dump it off to your running back and they do the rest. And if McCaffrey's back, Darnold's going to look a lot better because he'll save himself from making a lot of silly throws. So I'm going with the, the Cats here. Yeah, I'm going to take um, the Vikings. I don't think I, – I, I think Carolina – had a lucky three, four games, and I don't think Sam Donald, like Sam Donald's coming back to the Sam Donald we all know, as he was on the Jets, and I kind of had had that feeling that was going to happen. Um, even with Dalvin Cook out, I'm taking the Vikings here. Yeah, I really kind of see this game as a toss-up. This could really go either way. I don't see either of these teams as like a strong, great powerhouse in the NFC. These are kind of two average, lukewarm teams, but... If you had to make me pick, I would have to go with the Carolina Panthers at home. Again, you're not going to have Dalvin Cook if you're the Vikings. And again, the Vikings defense hasn't played well. And they almost lost to the Lions last week. They were extremely close. They were down with 30 seconds left. Had to get have a game-winning field goal to end it. So I don't, I don't, I'm just going to have to go with Carolina. I think they're going to have the edge in this one. And we'll wrap up the one o'clock window with, I think, easily the best game at one o'clock. It's the Chargers and the Ravens. Two great teams, as we mentioned earlier, in the AFC. It's a great matchup, evenly evenly matched teams. Mike, who do you like? Yeah, three games this week uh, that are in my top three, and this is one of them. I think it's probably the best game, if not the second best game of the weekend. But I have Justin Herbert as my fantasy quarterback. He's been doing well. Um, so I'm riding with, with, with Herbert and the Chargers. I love what that offensive doing. Um, they have so much potential. Herbert, the Mike Williams connection. Um, there's just so much going on there. And yeah, I do think Baltimore's a great team, but I just think Chargers are going to come away in a close one. High scoring game too. I like the Chargers as well, Mike. I'm with you on that. The thing with the Ravens is that the consistency has been a flagged issue for a couple of years now, especially with Lamar under center. Now, yes, he had a great game last week versus the Colts. The thing is, can he repeat at least some form of that. If he can get a completion percentage anywhere above, I'd say 68, 69, I, I think that they'll be fine. But the Ravens, it's the consistency. The Chargers have been on fire to start the season. And their secondary that was once magical has been rejuvenated with Asante Samuel Jr. Chris Harris and Derwin James are still there. So I like this Chargers defense. I like this Chargers team. Yeah, I, I like the Chargers too, but I'm going to have to pick the Ravens in this game. Again, this is another game I could see really going either way. These are two great teams, but I'm going to give the edge to Baltimore. They're at home, and as we said, Lamar Jackson, he had a great game late on Monday night. Great game in fourth quarter and overtime. I think he's going to carry over that success and beat the Los Angeles Chargers in what should be a very competitive game. On to the 4 o'clock window now. We're going to start with the undefeated Arizona Cardinals against the Cleveland Browns. Mike, are the Cardinals staying undefeated or are the Lions, or excuse me, the Browns finally going to take them down? Yeah, this was this is another game on my top three that you have to watch. Um, and it's honestly a toss-up to me. I, I'm not sure where I wanted to go with this, but I figured why, why pick against an undefeated team who has proved for the first five weeks of the season that they can get the job done. And, and I think they're going to stay undefeated this week. Do I think they'll stay undefeated in the future? No, but I think they'll have what it takes 
to beat this Browns team. I know Baker Mayfield has a torn labrum in his shoulder, which I also have, and I know it doesn't feel that good. So I'm just going to take that. I'm going to take the healthy Cardinals team and see what DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray can do together against this Browns defense. The Cardinals are actually not all the way healthy. There's no Chandler Jones this week. He got placed on the COVID list. I think I saw earlier this week. Healthy enough. So there is there is no Chandler Jones. I'm going to pick the Browns. I think that their rushing attack is is way too good. Nick Chubb and as I call him Kareem Hunt, I call him Hareem. They're they're too lethal and they're two very different running backs who fit perfectly together. I mean, Kareem Hunt is the pass catching back and Chubb just runs it down your throat every time. And I think it's going to come down to who wants it more. I think Baker Mayfield is tired of being bullied by everyone. I think this week he's going to show up. And I really like what they've done on defense as well, especially with that front. Miles Garrett has been an absolute wrecking ball of a player. He's also got some help as well in that secondary with John Johnson, it's Troy Hill, Denzel Ward. There's everything about that team got better. Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, the rookie from Notre Dame, has been really good on the edge for a linebacker. So I like the Browns this week. I think that they're going to show up and avenge uh, their blunder in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Yeah, they, they really easily could have won that Chargers game, and they really should have. They gave away a lot of opportunities to win. But I'm, I'm also going to take the Browns in this one. I think they're going to hand the Cardinals their first loss. I like what the Cardinals have been doing so far, but I don't think their undefeated run is going to last much longer. And I think some teams got to get them at some point, and if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Baker Mayfield and these Cleveland Browns. Give me Cleveland at home. Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at Denver to play the Denver Broncos. Mike, who are you taking here? Yeah, I had the Broncos last week. They let me down. And this week, I'm not sure if it's going to be a Raiders fall apart week or a Raiders stand together and come together as a team and win this game. I'm just going to go with the Raiders. Um, I think they have a better team, but I'm not high on them at all. I think they're a very overrated football team. Um, not sure how this new coach is going to do, but solely for the fact that I bet again, that I bet for the Ra- uh, the Broncos on the show last week and they let me down, I'm going to go with the Raiders this week. I'm going with Teddy, two gloves in the Broncos. I do like that they were kind of brought down to earth a bit last week. I think that was really good for them. I think that'll have a positive effect on that Broncos team. And I also really like their defense a lot. I think Von Miller being back changes a lot of things for them. Secondary has been, it's been pretty good to start. Pat Sertan has been very good as a rookie, starting next to Kyle Fuller in that secondary with Justin Simmons. And I think with Teddy Two Clubs being back, how methodical he is, driving everything down the field with using his tight ends. He knows when he has to throw the deep ball, but he likes to make the easy pass and the right football play. I'm going to take the Broncos in this game. I think the Raiders are going to be all out of sorts with everything that comes, comes to fruition this week. Yeah, I kind of follow along similar lines. I think it's a tumultuous week for the Raiders, to say the least. And, you know, this Denver team is not an easy team to beat on the road. And, you know, they've had a rocky last couple of weeks, but I think they're going to bounce back here. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to get the job done. And the Raiders, if they lose this one, it's they kind of erase that great start that they had. But I think that's where we're headed. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos in Denver this week. And we're going to move on to the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots, two historic franchises going at it. Mike, who are you taking in this one? Taking the Cowboys, man. They're a better team than the New England Patriots this season, and that's pretty much it. Dak's playing out of his mind, just like we all thought 
well, just, just like all the media members thought he would. I didn't necessarily think he would, but I was wrong. Zeke's coming back in the form, and Matt Jones just really hasn't got it going this far. So I'm taking the Dallas in this. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys in this game over the Patriots. I'm going to do my uh, my best Skip Bayless cosplay. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? I'm going to pick Dallas here. I think coming back to seriousness, Jerry World and company are just that good on offense. Sure, Amari Cooper is kind of limping around out there, but CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, who has been a nice surprise to start the year at the tight end spot, and the running game of Zeke and Tony Pollard, we have to give some credit to him, have both been very efficient to start this season. And Trevon Diggs on defense. He has had an interception every single game this year so far that he's played. So Dallas's defense is starting to come together. Their offense is really good. I'm going with the Cowboys. So I'm going to be a little bold here. I'm going to take the Patriots. Okay. And I just, look, I like the Cowboys. I think they're really good. But this, honestly, there's no real rhyme or reason other than I just have a feeling the Patriots are going to win. And I just think Mac Jones is going to get the job done for some reason. So that's really all I got to say on it. Uh, quickly run through these last two. We got the uh, Sunday night football. Seattle Seahawks against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm kind of kind of stuck on this game. I hate the Steelers, but Russell Wilson's not playing, and I actually have Pittsburgh written down on the spreadsheet right now. I'm currently changing it. I'm going Seahawks. Um, all their wide receivers are healthy as far as I know, and I think they have a better team than the Steelers do. Um, so I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's going to uh, – not Teddy Bridgewater. Um, who's Gino. the backup? Uh, yeah, Smith. Yeah. I think he's going to come in and be able to get a win because I was impressed what he did last week. So I'm going to take the Seahawks. I would love to pick Gino, the Geno show just, just for the, the memes, but I have to go Pittsburgh here. Seattle's defense is so porous. It's made of Swiss cheese. I'm sorry. The Steelers are just such a better team on that end, and that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, they can score points. And big, big Ben Roethlisberger, he's, we don't know if he has an arm at this point. He might be an amputee just playing football at quarterback. But the fact that he has Najee Harris to bail him out with little check downs and little bailouts. And then every once in a while, Ed, uh, Chase Claypool shows up with DeAndre Johnson. So I like the Steelers. I think defense is what's going to come down to. And they're so much better on that side. So I'm going to pick Pittsburgh. I think I'm going to do the opposite of what Mike did. I, I had the Seahawks on the spreadsheet. But for whatever reason, I just it kind of just let, left my mind that Russell Wilson wasn't playing. And it's Geno Smith under center. So for that reason, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think, you know, the Steelers, they can beat Geno Smith. They're certainly capable of doing that and getting back to 500. So give me Pittsburgh. And finally, we'll get our last game done with the Monday night football game. It's the Buffalo Bills, the red hot Buffalo Bills. We get the Tennessee Titans. Mike, who are you taking here? Yeah, I'm taking the Bills. I think they're far and away the best team in the AFC. And honestly, they're not far behind the Buccaneers. So the best team in the NFL right now, they have pieces left and right who they can go to when they're in trouble. Josh Allen has been, I'm not going to say perfect, but he's been close to it this season with his pass attempts and everything. He's playing phenomenal. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. Come down to the wire, but I think Josh Allen and Co. is just going to be able to get this job done at the end of the day. I think Buffalo, they're going to put their foot down early, like I said earlier in the show. I think they're the most complete team. Everything that you have about them and you put it together, they are a well-constructed and well-rounded NFL team. So I like Buffalo. Sorry, Julio, Mr. Quintores Lopez-Jones. I love you, but 
you, you can't beat these guys this week. Buffalo is way too good. I think they're going to just put the foot down earlier, then this game will be over by halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, I, I don't think the Titans are really a great team, whereas the Bills are, and I, I don't really see this game being that close. So for that reason, I'm going to go have, with the, have to go with the Bills. They're just on fire, and I, I don't see the Tennessee Titans slowing them down. So I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills, and that will wrap up our Pick'em segment, and that will wrap up this week's episode of NFL Friday. Be sure to catch our podcast on the website and all episodes of NFL Friday if you would like in the future. So from Thomas Aiello and Mike Messina, I am Brian Raybacks. Thank you guys for listening to NFL Friday, a production of WFUV Sports.